Blog Talk Radio. Race fans, welcome to the most listened to show on the 110 Nation Radio Network. When it's hot, it's hot. Presenting you the caution flag of racing radio, the DJ Music Man, and the Tasmanian Devil of Flaggers. Here's your host, Chris, Chris and Tad. Mark is very happy to be here. All right, race fans, how the hell are you? That's another episode of Race Chat Live. I got my buddies here. As Taylor, the New Yorker, the yellow, the yellow flag right-hand man, and then to my left-hand man, it's Craig Moore. More to music. Glad to have you guys available here tonight, and I uh, hope that we bring some type of entertainment to you all who's listening. How about that race Sunday, guys? Wow. That was entertaining. Uh, yeah. Very entertaining. Very, very entertaining. I think NASCAR took a big swing, and I see success out of it, to be honest. Definitely. definitely I know know they did say about possibly going back there in 2023, so that's, that's in the rumor mill, but we'll have to see. I think it was a good race. Um, wasn't really thrilled about the halftime, the 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 interlude in between. I want to say halftime show, because that's pretty much what it reminded me of. But well, that's what I it was. was. I it was the halftime the show at lap seventy-seven. But but no. I, uh, I mean, I just really wondered who was going to be the bad guy here tonight. I really did. Like and and then. And I was going to be the bad guy. I was going to bring my perspective. Oh, you know, Mr. Mississippi boy down here, you know, uh, right winger is what I would have probably called me tonight. But obviously, Craig's been in Florida a little bit too long. He's uh, he got uh, he he's as a matter of fact, he's uh, he's getting fan mail from Trump right now because I yeah, was the hell out of all of it. <laughs> I was, I so wanted to be the bad guy tonight, so. Oh man, jeez! Are you serious? You're gonna be, you're gonna be okay. So, tell me before I, before I give my long rant explanation, blah blah blah, whatever it may be. Please tell me why you were not thoroughly entertained by Ice Cube. Why you thoroughly weren't entertained by a NASCAR car owner? Uh, you know, looking like Ricky well, Martin. I mean, hey, listen, listen. Pitbull already has more uh, more championship records than Denny Hamlin has. So, I mean, fireball. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it was it was good. It just, I don't know. I wasn't real thrilled on the race to start with, going out way out there. And I know we had talked about it on the race thread, on the on the message thread, before I got hacked yesterday morning at about 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, 
to which I'm still trying to recover. So I have no still itinerary notes. So if someone would like to text them to me, go right ahead. Um, I don't have your number. <laughs> no, but Taz, I don't have your number. <laughs> I don't have your number, Craig. Craig, I don't have your number. Um, but Craig. I mean, it was it was good. I just Craig. didn't. I, Craig. Yeah, yeah. I said I didn't have your number. I, I don't you have your it. number. <laughs> it's it's literally Craig Douglas that I'm looking at his phone number on my screen right now, but he did, he just he didn't want to be baited by it. He wanted he wanted to get no, into his itinerary. No. What's it called? Itinerary. Itinerary. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do on the Biden bandwagon that you're on right now. So. God dang it, boy! Woo! They come out swinging. Right, <laughs> Oh, man, was that spaghetti or what? All right, I have it. All right, I have it. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, I found your phone number. I know. Too. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was decent. Uh, I don't, I'm not really sure what the lights were for at friggin' uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, why he needed lights there. But, I mean, hey, he's footing the bill, not me. I just I thought the racing was good. It was what it was. It was a uh, quarter mile flat track, pretty much, and there was a lot of beating and banging. Um, Ryan Blaney finally showed that he has a set of balls, right? And uh, through his Hans device, a la Tony Stewart. Throwing well, at least he's not looking like Chase Elliott anymore. No, he was. <laughs> I'm glad to see Ryan Ryan Blaney got a haircut. Yes. He's a little baby baby. He looks like a dirty baby boy now. Well, you know, uh, it, it's the proper attire when you're the man in wing at, at, at Penske Racing. I don't know how he was able to get a, get away with that uh, for as long as he was able to either, being that, uh, you know, it's quite nip and tuck at, uh, at Penske. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean that in more ways than one. If you've ever listened to Door Bumper Clear, uh, it's uh, T.J. Majors has basically stated that his mouth was tied uh, for a lot of issues and a lot of things that they wanted to talk about. Uh, Pinsky told him that he, you know, he didn't he didn't allow him to speak uh, openly or about his own opinions at times. So it's it's definitely a, a tight knit organization at, at Penske. Uh, there was a lot of beating and banging. I, 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 Craig, I, I don't know what you what your thoughts are on the uh, how the competition raced each other, uh, whether or not you were expecting uh, more caution laps or, uh, you know, a little bit more bumper-to-bumper uh, well, bumper action. To go out. I wasn't expecting them to go out and uh, – France around each other. I figured that it would be, I figured that it would be beaten and banging. It'd be classic short, short track racing. And that's what it was. Um, you know, Bubba Wallace got in a couple of entanglements and uh, none of his own doing. I did watch the Ryan Blaney, uh, or was it Ryan? I'm trying to remember who it was. 
Oh, with Kyle Larson and uh, I forget who else. It was Ryan Lar- Kyle Larson. Um, uh, Larson and Hailstorm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Haley and uh, Byron. And Byron actually started it, and Justin Haley paid for it. So. Oh, free. Well, like Justin Haley said, it was Free Willy that got to the back of him, and Justin Haley just unfortunately took the punishment to Kyle Larson. And I don't think Kyle Larson really saw the whole thing. I'm sure he did afterwards, and I'm sure that the two talked it out, but. Uh, you think they hugged it out, I mean, Dad? What's that? You think they hugged it out? I'm sure they still have a little bit of tension, but I don't think it was it's probably nowhere near as bad now. Um, I mean, it's an ex, it's an exhibition race, short track racing, and Craig, I can't believe you said you were expecting beaten banging from the green flag to the checker flag. When you have 150 laps of short track racing, you're going to ease it out for the first part of it till about halfway through, and then you're going to start seeing your beating and banging for the second half. Well, I don't know. You should have been at Henry County Motorsports Park then Saturday night because that was a beating and banging from start to finish. We'll because talk about that 20 later. Laps, 20 laps is 150. Yeah, well, I just, I, it was like I said, it was a good race. Um you know, the numbers for it, I was looking at numbers earlier. It drew 4.28 million, four and a quarter million viewers on Fox um, compared to the flag up. football Pro Bowl. You know, and so over 11 million people watched. Over 11 million people there. watched for it. You mentioned that number there, Craig. And... There's a 2.32 rating to go with that viewership number. And that went up 168% in viewership from last year. And it was the best for the Clash event since 2016 when it used to be called the Sprint Unlimited. And those facts are coming from Mr. Adam Cern himself. Well, that of the day, that of the day. That of the day. You knew that the, the numbers day. were going to be up for it. They were hyping it worse than, you know, Taylor Swift's latest record. So they were they were hyping it. So you knew the numbers were going to be up. You knew the excitement level for it was going to be at an all-time high. I figured it'd do a little bit better than pro football's flag football game they had on Saturday. But what a joke. Well, with um, with if you listen to Tony Stewart though, he made a comment about the promotion side of it of what NASCAR did for the event, and he was speaking from a track owner slash performer side or owner slash uh, promoter side of things, and he said NASCAR did excellent on the promotion side of it. They got it out there. They they brought in the new fan base, still kept the old fan base and coming back in. And obviously they took a big swing and, and this, that just those numbers just showed that they swung hugely and it paid off. Oh, absolutely. I know a good friend of my father's down here. Well, he lives up north now, but 
he made a post the other day about NASCAR and Pitbull and that music doesn't belong. And I honestly, I sided with NASCAR and said you have to play to the, you have to play to the masses, not the select few, and that's exactly what they did. That's exactly and, and right, man. You bring ice to Talladega, and it's not going to work, okay? We want Chris Stapleton. But when you're in the middle of downtown Los Angeles, you got Ice Cube, baby. That's just what you got. If I'm in, if I'm in downtown Los, Los Angeles, I'm not bumping my country music. I am, I am, no. uh, hey, smoke weed every day. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, come on, man. You know, I, I got Eminem. I'm, I'm, I'm white boy in Los Angeles, man. You know, I'm, I'm pumping ice, ice, baby. No, 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 no. You know. Uh, I got my phone, you know. I got a photo between my lap. Oh, I got a photo in my lap. Some of the ice house. You know what the ice house is? Hurt. Chris, we're showing our age. We better stop. Plank Road Brewery, baby. <laughs> oh, Chad, what's your... Yeah, what, what's what's your take, Taz? Taz's take. Well, the heat races and the LCQ races, they they started off slow, which I didn't really expect. But as you went into the next heat race or the next LCQ, they got better and better, as we had originally anticipated from the from the drop of the very first green flag. Like, Heat 1 was just kind of everyone settling in, and they just let it go. Whereas Heat 4, people were like, we got 25 left. Let's send it in on the uh, in the turn 1 on lap 2. See how this goes. Now LCQ in the first last game qualifier, you know, everyone mellowed out for the most part. The last chance to qualifier second one, again, Everyone gained one down to the floor on the third one and went full set. And I will get into my other take for the second half hour when we get into black flag news and what grinds our gears because NASCAR made a call that I am very questionable for. Well, he jumped. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to hear your take on that, and I've got my take, so I'll save that for 8.30. But the clash itself, like I expected, because, I mean, I've been to the Honda 200 races, and being that the feature was 150 laps, I figured, you know, everyone's going to jostle for position for the first, like, 10 or so laps, and once everybody settles in and whatnot, it's going to be single file for the most part. Not much will really happen for the first half. Once you get about halfway, that's when things start to pick up because you're closing in on the race. You want to get as many positions as you want to try to finish the best that you believe you deserve, which is everyone's going to obviously say they have a car to win, but not, it's not always going to be like that quite obviously, but they're just going to do the best they can to try to win for their team and themselves. And the clash just was just there. I was not disappointed in the performances by 
Pitbull and Ice Cube. My thing was having Ice Cube perform when he did was just it threw me off. Like it felt like I was at a Super Bowl instead of an actual race because I'm sorry. I don't I'm not all for halftime race race performances. I'm going it, it to show so my age. I'm going to show my age. Are you guys ready for this? Are you guys ready for yeah, this? Yeah, buddy. When the truck series first started, Craig Moore. What do you remember? When the when the truck series first first started? Yeah, they were sure. They had a halftime. No, they had a halftime. Yep. They, they had a halftime. Yep. They brought the cars, the truck down pit road. They gave them like a 10-minute service clock. They could service the vehicles. They could do whatever because they didn't have pit crews back then, Taz. When the truck series first come about, it was an old man senior citizen series, and they didn't have, they didn't have pit crews. So basically, they would run half of a race, and they would park the trucks down on pit road. The, the the teams would come out and do a little bit of service on the truck. After ten minutes, they were back out on the racetrack. But you're too young to remember that. It's okay. We forgive you. Yeah, he is. I just I don't know. Somebody say I'm an asshole. (laughs) I understand where Kaz is coming from because, and this is not a knock on Kaz, but he's of the younger generation. And yes, we want they want constant action. Um, So. It's, the point uh, is, is these cars needed to be checked on somewhere along this race, and so there wasn't going to be a pit road. So they did, they did what they had to do. They had to stop the cars regardless, and then they gave us a halftime show, and we're all like, "Oh my God, I've never seen a halftime show before." Well, what's going on here? Well, but they were in a football seen, stadium. <laughs> I've never seen one. It was just weird to throw in a halftime performance in the middle of a race. It was just like, why? It, it to me it didn't feel right because I don't know. Normally, if I see if I want to see a halftime performance, I want to go to a football game or whatever other sport. That's not racing. You know what Joey Logano would say? That's a short, That's track, a short track racing. <laughs> and you uh you didn't you didn't say giggles correctly either. <laughs> Craig, who called me an asshole a minute ago? <laughs> no, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I don't I don't do that. I don't know. I think we should uh skip over my take. I'm 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 excited. Uh, we'll give you your take. We'll let you give your take in a minute. Uh, we're excited about Andy Crane coming up at the top of the hour. Want to hear what he's doing besides golf? Um, I know he's got some major plans coming for the 2022 season. Um, and then next week is Ken Kenny joins us from Henry County Motorsports Park. So, uh, you know, excited for the top of the hour, 9 o'clock, and Mr. Andy Crane. All right, Chris, let's hear your in, your take. 
uninterrupted for 12 minutes. Yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what, it, that's what I needed to do. Uh, you know, I needed to go last so that I didn't take up all the time. I thought it was magnificent, guys. I had a touching moment in my heart. Yes, a touching moment in my heart where I actually touched my heart. Wait a minute. You had a touching yeah. moment? Oh, I had sorry. a touching moment, man. Because, like, look, dude, look, okay. Like, this this place was built in 1934, right? It was it, it held its first whatever it was in 1934. Like, I remember my whole life watching games from this, from this you know, this iconic stadium that's in the middle of Los Angeles. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm talking from my TV. I'm not talking about in the bleachers or nothing like that, guys. But, but even still, there's been Rose Bowls. There's been Super Bowls. There's been, I mean... I believe I have this memory right of uh, of uh, of the the torch being lit. I think that's something that's probably carried from 1984. Uh, you know these iconic images. So when you started seeing people pile into the stadium, you, you began to be like, "Wow, this is you know I've seen this a million times. Like I've seen this before so many times. Like when they did the little run through through the tunnel there with the torch above." Like you, you know that wasn't a that wasn't a camera shot that was new. That was a camera shot that's been done a million times, but it was different. And when I say it was different, I mean it was different. It felt good. Like we were doing something that we never imagined before, right? And it was it, to to watch that place fill up. And you know a lot of people didn't get their money's worth. I feel like, uh, but as you said, Taz, the younger generation, their attention span isn't as great as you know some of ours. But it's also L.A. traffic, so I don't know really what what created the delay of fans becoming in the stands. Maybe they were told that, uh, you know, the heat races weren't very important. And I hate that they were told that because they really only got an hour of the show. Um, there, was, there was moments where you just could not believe, like, where we were at, where we were standing. And, and I think being able to take that halftime really, once again, kind of gave us that moment to realize where we were, y'all, like where we were. We were in a stadium in the middle of Los Angeles. There was a lot of people there that didn't look like me or you, Greg, or Taz. There was a lot of people, and that's awesome, man. Uh, we saw people dancing. We saw people having fun. What they said today on NASCAR XM Radio was the fan reactions that were not picked up really by the TV like, these people weren't sitting in their seats. They were out of their seats. They, when uh, Daniel Suarez was announced, the place lit up. When Kyle Busch well, came out, they booed. Well, I know, right? But that's what we wanted, right? They, they were, they're already, they're already got a taste of it, right? So when they knew that their driver come out of the, come out of the breezeway there, Daniel Suarez with his Amigo hat, and that's we wanted a Dale Jr. reception for him. We wanted that. We got it too, guys. Man, when they went racing, I thought, man, I don't even know what my expectations are of this race. Like, I figured it was going to be a wreck fest. I've gone to a lot of shows, man, a lot of shows in my lifetime, y'all, a lot of races. You, you, when you work at a show, it's just like regular work, right? You don't want this thing to go on any longer than it has to. And so cautions, 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 delay, delay, delay. 
man, this was a great race. There wasn't very many cautions. Yeah, we had one one last chance qualifier, one heat race that kind of, you know, wasn't like the rest of the race. But it was okay. It was great. I couldn't believe the hard hit there that uh, Justin Haley had. And uh, that's something that's coming up later on is my take on how that whole ordeal handled. You went from champion to wall, wall pusher. So, uh, but anyway, um, yeah. I digress. And when you first saw it, when you first saw it, it didn't look that bad until they did the camera shot of the, of the car. And you're like, holy shit. Yeah, not, no. most definitely. And so there was a couple of breakdowns too. Um, I think one of the presidents of competition or something was on Sirius XM this morning and was like, you know, the transactional break-in, look, that was, you know, these guys were had a lot of torque. They were doing burnouts that were kind of unnecessary to heat the tires. And so they don't, they're not really too worried about these mechanicals. But let me tell you something, Craig Mortas Taylor. When three cars broke down in 10 seconds, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, what, well, what's happening here? What's fixing to happen? And uh, so, uh, you know, Eric Amarola had an early exit. How fitting. How fitting, right? I mean, whew. is he going to finish the year in the number 10 car? That's a good question. Um, but uh, so, I mean, I still got six minutes to go, five minutes to go. I got, I, I, I know so many people. I spent the whole day telling people nobody cares about your bad opinion. I mean, I literally spent the entire race in NASCAR groups trolling people who had something negative to say about the halftime show or about the race in general. Uh, it, it got a 4.23. Now, no doubt, in 2003, the Bush Clash got a, a 9, a 9-point-something rating, okay? We, we, we fell off the track way. But 4.5, man, come on, guys. We're moving in the right direction. You know, this was it was on it was broadcasted on Fox. This wasn't an FS one where can't nobody get the damn race. This was on this was on television. This was on primetime. Um the competitors, though I do believe that they were uh told how to handle themselves. They were told not to say anything negative. I think in all they had a lot of grace, they had a lot of style. Uh, they put on a great show. You want your boys to be buttoned up. You want your boys to to uh, 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 be the best representation of your company when you're visiting some somebody else's uh, establishment. And I feel like that's what NASCAR did here today. It was Sunday? I'm sorry, Sunday. They they put now, on their best dress. They were all on their best behavior. Watching Denny Hamlin watch both of his cars. That was probably one of the most missed, uh, uh, best moments of uh, the entire weekend. Uh, the facial expressions um, as he, you know, a car owner watching his cars wreck themselves in the last chance qualifier. Um, I thought that that was probably uh, more one of those awesome moments. Also, the jump man on the car. Oh, my gosh, if you hadn't got your 45 Monster Energy jump man gear yet, you are crazy. Taz, what did you have to say there, bud? I don't know what else I can think of to kind of top that off there. Well, here, I got one for you, and and Kyle Bush said it, and I I agree because I thought about this too. If this were to go bad, if this didn't work, 
NASCAR was going to look like the laughing stock of sports if this didn't work. Oh, for sure. We don't have to worry yeah, about you're bringing... it because it works really What's that, Chris? No, no, go ahead. No, you're bringing what, – what you're saying is exactly true. You're bringing your, your, your ball into somebody else's court, literally. But go ahead. Right. I mean, I now, love what you're saying. Now, here's, here's a thought. And I noticed this because there was a huge section of USC uh, alum um, in the student section. How many of those 50,000 tickets were comped tickets? I'm just, and I mean, I know every, every racetrack comps tickets, but and you were absolutely right because I remember posting in the in the message thread on Sunday and said these seats are friggin' empty, and you said L.A. sleeps in. Well, mm-hmm. Chris, I will give you that you were one hundred percent correct, Amundo. Uh, mm-hmm. Fans looked good. They looked awesome compared to what I thought was going to happen because of the California COVID. COVID-19 And no more was really brought up about the drivers not being vaccinated and not being able to partake. Uh, I think that that was somewhat of a concern across the board. Um, I wonder how many more tickets or how many more seats would have been filled had that restriction not been as stringent? Well, 70%, Craig Moore. Um, my, my, uh, my old man was actually the, the bearer of that news. I'll hold him accountable for it if it comes up to be a lie. But I was told that the governor allowed there to be 70% capacity uh, at the facility. So it was, it was a sold out, but it could only be filled up to 70% capacity. I'm going to hold my old man gotcha. through on that. I don't know where he heard it from, but that's what he had told me. Well, you know what? If so, Steve Creighton, well, if you it. lied, I'm going to be mad. You hear me? All right, Dad. All right. Yeah, yeah but you're only going to be mad for about 10 seconds. Wow, if he, if I think Rogue got his wheel a long time ago. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Right. <laughs> I'm from I'm from the second wife. Uh, I think she, they they weren't together for very long. <laughs> he's a he's a wife number five. Though. But hey, listen, he was uh, he was there long, and he was there at least he was there at least eight seconds. <laughs> no, my hey, daddy raised me, buddy. <laughs> he just took me with him. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh Lord have mercy. Alright, so it is eight thirty. It is eight thirty. And we have at the top of the hour our first guest of the season, Andy Crane. We want to give a shout out to our buddy, longtime buddy that makes this show happen, man. Uh Mr. C J Spores, Jason McMillan. Uh he's out probably right now doing some door dash. He could possibly be sleeping. Or he might be training a manager to be at his store at the Circle K, somewhere in Dayton, Ohio. Whatever Mr. CJ Sports is doing right now, we want to thank you, man. Wait, oh, wait a minute. Uh, for giving us wait, another. He could be buying a cryptocurrency. 
Oh yeah, he could be. Yeah, yeah, he could be buying crypto right right about now. I bet you that's what he's doing. Uh, Mr. CJ Sports has been the uh, fearless leader of the 110 uh, Nation Sports uh, Group, and he's allowed us each season to do this show. And uh, once again, our appreciation to him and everything that we do and giving our time to the 110 Nation family is uh, is, is always um, appreciated at the top level. Of course, our uh, production manager, Ms. Lee, we haven't heard from her tonight. Uh, hopefully, she'll uh, catch the show uh, later on, or at least uh, we know she'll listen to us on replay at our local podcast spots. Now, guys, I think we were removed from Spotify. I'm not sure, but I've, I've checked for several days there to see if our show was going to ever link up to Spotify, and it did not. So I don't know what we have done. Uh, to get banned uh, from Spotify, but our episodes are no longer being uploaded uh, to Spotify, and that that sucks. So um, they didn't they, they didn't ban Joe Rogan, but they banned our little show. So whatever. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's time for the grinding gears, black flag magic, and whatnot. So uh, we started with uh, Craig. And our first segment, let's continue that, Craig. What grinds your gears? I don't man? really, I don't really see anything about this past weekend that that upset me or pissed me off enough to say that NASCAR did anything bad. I mean, I know Taz is going to disagree with that, um, and that's okay because I still like Taz. Um, but oh, Craig, you're really, such a you're such a sweetie. I know. Don't Jesus, don't let that shit get out. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think NASCAR did anything that that. Um, well, no, I shouldn't say that. I would have liked to have seen it start at dusk and end under the. Oh wait, there aren't lights there. I don't believe. There should be. I'm not a hundred percent. I would think there is. Do you still Chris, host you know um, big big games and even the Olympics? They should have lights. I mean, I think if if they hold it there next year again, I think they ought to start it at dusk and end it at night. Um, that would be my only bitch. You know, it's short track racing. Do it. At LA night. gets kind of cold. You know, at nighttime, I know everybody talks about the uh, 75 uh, degree year-round weather, but at nighttime, at this time of year, it gets pretty damn chilly uh, in in L.A. So it's definitely the reason why everybody sleeps late in L.A. is because they wait for it to warm up, if I could give a little bit more insight on what I actually meant uh, with my comment there in that thread. No, you're you're 100% correct. I mean, it does – I mean, even here, it's chilly at night, but it warms up quick. It warms up steadily throughout the morning. But – so, yeah, I guess that makes – I guess that makes sense. But the clash only being all total probably two, two and a half hours, uh, they've done it they, – if they – I just think if they wanted to make it more exciting – and show those West Coast uh, yuppies a thing or two. 
Show them what we what we look forward to on Saturday nights and do it under the light, finish it under the lights. Great, that's a great point, uh, Craig. And and what I what I'd like to see is this this type of race run as an all star race. Not give us our give us our clash back at Daytona because we're you know I'm still upset for two years they've taken away that extra race that we had. But uh, uh, I definitely can see this as an all-star race. It's like, what's the point this year in having an all-star race, right? Because this was kind of the uh, this was kind of it right here. Like this was this was the best thing that we're gonna have uh, as an exhibition race this year. Uh, but uh, I agree totally with what you're saying. And uh, but uh, I think let's go to Taz. Taz, what grinds your gears? Well. Before I drop, actually, before I get to grinding my gears, because there's two things. One plays off of what you guys just mentioned. And the second one I mentioned earlier during my take. But um, I want to drop some uh, drop some news. This is why we call it Black Flag News. No, 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 no. Um, Wait for Black Flag News. It's coming up. It's coming up. Oh, you want to it'll come up after to grind my gears. Yeah, we're doing right, grinder right. gears first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll have five minutes apiece on the grinder gears, kind of. All right. Grinding my gears. First one plays off what you guys mentioned. I don't mind the LA Coliseum holding the quarter mile short track race. I would prefer that to be an all star race so that these drivers would play for or get to race for something that's more than uh, preseason mishaps and basically offer nothing but bragging rights for the most part. The also race would mean something because there's money on the line. Damn, man, oh, man, come on. I mean, you can do the heat, the all-star open. That would mean more than heat races and the LCQs in my opinion. And then you can do the off the race 150 laps and kind of split it up into like three or four segments. Who knows? But I would, if I were to keep a clash at Daytona, you've got to do the back stretch short track that they used to have. This is a flat track, but you want short racing at the clash and you want to keep travel expenses down a bit? Bring back the short track of Daytona. Not saying get away from the LA Coliseum and never run that again. I would love to see that again, but can we put a little bit more meaning behind it? The second thing that grinds my gears in the last last in the second last chance qualifier race, they disqualified Ty Dillon for jumping the start. This is where it kicks me off because. As an official, where I come from, if you jump a start, yellow flag is thrown pretty much right after the start happens, and you redo the start again. If the same driver jumps the start for a second time in a row, they are sent to the rear. Now, had he jumped the start once before, and then we had to redo it, and then, say, another yellow came out, say, like, 10, say, about, like, 10 laps later and does it again, 
I would probably say, okay, fine. You know, he did it a second time, you know, whatever. If he did for a third time, then go to the rear. But I feel like NASCAR just disqualifying him was a little extreme. It really was. Well, I'm pissed off about it because he was my pick to win. But they knew about it ahead of time. So it wasn't something that NASCAR just did for the hell of it. I mean, ice cream in my pit stall, and I don't believe anything y'all saying. And here's why. NASCAR did not disqualify Ty Dillon for jumping the start. NASCAR disqualified Ty Dillon for rough racing. But they said that he jumped the start. The reason for my for my for my reasoning and my conspiracy is exactly with what Taz just said. There's a certain procedure to people who jump the start. And that means they either, they well, they get pushed back one, and then if they, uh, well, yeah, once, once they get put behind the leader there, uh, you don't normally have to worry about them uh, jumping the start again. But it's called a complete restart on the uh, on the first time that it happens. Most of the time, you do allow one chance, I'm back up. NASCAR looked for a reason to disqualify Ty. They weren't going to let Ty come out there and make a mockery, knocking everybody out around the field, and then take home the uh, the qualifying spot into the, into the feature. I, for one, felt that Ty did exactly what he needed to do to get there. And uh, I hate that uh, NASCAR kind of uh, shimmied their way out of having to explain themselves for disqualifying a guy who actually had probably more heart in that race than anybody. I tell you what, people there that left that racetrack, they knew who Ty Dillon was, and they went and bought them some Black Rifle coffee. <laughs> yeah, they did. Going back to eat my ice cream. Since you said I like Joe Biden, I'm eating chocolate double-dipped ice cream. <laughs> I, just, I just figured I'd get a razz out of it. <laughs> well, I figured I'd go eat ice cream. If I'm going to be called Jay Biden, then I might as well eat ice cream. Man, yeah, chocolate double dipped. You want a picture of it? Oh, yeah, you're not on social media yeah, anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> Is it my turn? All right, let's get on to the, let's get on to the next. Uh... Black. Flag news. I'll let uh, Chris start this one. Oh, my goodness. I'm not ready. I'm still eating ice cream. Do you see any news? Yeah, black flag news, man. I mean, there was no penalties handed out. But my, my black flag news is, why the hell did it take NASCAR this darn long to figure out that there's there's race car fans all around the world? Racing is a world sport, guys. Matter of fact, if I serve myself correctly, my grandfather told me a long, long time ago. He looked down from his from his horse and he said, 
Grand Pooty, there's only two sports in this world. That's boxing and racing. Everything else is just a game. Well, he might be right. I mean, it took it he took NASCAR right. long enough to figure out that there that there are other fans out there that that welcome the sport of racing. We exposed ourselves to. And come on, Greg, please quit exposing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> he said something every single time I've, I've said something. In it. Okay, never mind. Anyway. Come on, back me up on this. NASCAR finally went to another market. It was successful. They should have done this a long time ago, guys. They should have done it a long time ago. Racing is a world sport, right? That's why F1 is so awesome right now because people are people are digging it, right? They got the right type of people that are coming in, making this sport, uh, promoting this sport, making it huge in all these different uh, demographics. And and now NASCAR has got it figured out. Hey, we need to go check out these places as well. We need to put ourselves in a place where other people can view. You know why? Because fans that are 40 to 50 years old, they've gotten the best out of us already, guys. We've been fans for 30 and 40 years. Am I right or wrong, Greg? We, we, no, they've gotten the most right. out of us. They've gotten the most out of us out of the last 30 years, okay? It's time, it's time to, to reinvest. It's time to get that next 30-year fan, right? We are already gone. We're already we're already in the in the in the past, man. And I think a lot of fans that are of our of our age bracket they don't understand that. They don't understand that they've already gotten the best out of us. They have to move this sport so that it's sustainable to survive. They've got to find the next fan, and that next fan is five, six, seven, ten, twenty years old. I, I'm, I'm yes. forty one. I've been a I've been a NASCAR fan for forty years of my life. All right, ever since I was able to sit in my days laughing, boom, 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 boom. Okay. Now my children are fans. They're not trying to sell me tickets to NASCAR races anymore. I'm I've already invested myself into it. They've got to get my kids involved. They've got to get their friends involved because if not, this sport is not sustainable. And we're seeing it at dirt tracks too, guys. It's not just at this stage of racing. We're seeing dirt tracks, too. We've got to get this sport exposed to a different clientele. Because I'll be honest with you, people are going to throw rocks at me. Okay, I, I, I don't live in a glass house, all right? Racing altogether has become a country club, okay? It's like, it's, it's like a golf course. It's like the country club. And there's only a certain type of people that can afford to do this anymore. Throw your stones at me if you want to. I'm just giving you the truth. That's my black flag for this for, for for this segment. I hope it was a good one. It was very good, Chris. And uh, yeah, I don't expose myself anymore because uh, you know nobody wants. To do that. I, I just choked on my ice cream. <laughs> That's better than what you choked on earlier today. I heard. <laughs> black flag. What's the black flag news, Craig Moore? Um, 
Black Flag news. I got something if Craig doesn't. I don't. Go ahead, Jazz. All right. Well, news. It's more news than Black Flag than anything. But this is coming out of the Xfinity series, believe it or not. I know we've been talking about the Cup series and the LA Clash, but I got some news coming out of the Xfinity series. And this broke out yesterday at 11 o'clock a.m. Less than one year after joining forces, U.S. Navy veteran Jesse Awuji and Emmett Smith announced Chevrolet as their team's manufacturer for the upcoming NASCAR Xfinity Series season. It was also revealed on Monday at the NASCAR Hall of Fame that the car number will be 34, which is a tribute to Wendell Scott, and Jason Hotelling will be the team's crew chief. And this team is now is going to be named Jesse Awuji Motorsports, under, again, car number 34. And the newly formed Jesse Awuji Motorsports organization will run a full-time schedule in 2022, something that neither co-owner has ever done before. But this unique partnership offers Awuji the best opportunity of his racing career alongside an athlete who is well-known for being dominant at his and someone who sees esteemed determination in Awuji. Well, I, I'm, I remember reading about that last year, and I thought that was stellar. I've got to reach out to Jesse Awuji again for this year and, and try to secure an interview. Um, now that that news has come down the pike, uh, I wanted to give him the off season just to get everything situated. I think that's phenomenal. Uh, we've had him on the show before. <clears throat> so... But now that he's got people, we have to go directly through his people and not through him. So, yeah, Jesse's actually been uh, guest on our show several times. Uh, yeah, racing with Big Sweat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've had on Jesse ever since he first come into the sport. So it's uh, a little disappointing when you somehow lose that connection there as they start uh, up in themselves in the ranks of, of racing. Um, but uh, so our fearless leaders listening in, I don't know if you guys have caught that. Uh, of course, Mr. Uh, Craig Moore didn't because he doesn't have social media right now. Uh, but uh, Mr. CJ Sports said uh, his grind, his gears, black flag news, was actually Martin Truex Jr. being too scared to run uh, the last chance qualifiers. Whoa. I know y'all got to have some thought on that. I well, personally, well, hold on, I have well, some thought on that as well. I can't believe I forgot about that one. Well, if you didn't hear his interview on that, because they gave him a choice, Truex was thinking maybe I'll run it just to see what could happen, even though I may struggle to move forward because we're starting towards, you know, we're starting kind of deep in the field. But his crew chief was the one that convinced him to say, don't run it because you're already locked in on a provisional. Save the equipment. So really, it was kind of more in his crew chief than Truex himself. So do you really blame Truex or do you really blame his crew chief? 
I blame NASCAR for not making, for not clarifying the rule. Like how, I mean, that's like saying that the, uh, uh, that the champion, uh, points champion or whatever has the, you know, he gets the first buy or something, right? In, in the, in the first round, um, I mean, the, he wouldn't have to race or something. You know, I, I don't know. Like, I've never heard of that they in my life. Clear, Chris, they did clarify that. They've been clarifying that since they dropped the news on it. Where have you been? Here comes, here comes, here comes uh, Mr. CJ Sports. He's coming in here like Vince McMahon. This man is pissed. Let's get him on real quick. He's no fire hey, people. That's what you got. This is the only thing I got to say about this. Hold on. I hold guarantee on, on. you. He's going to drop the bomb on it. He's going to drop the bomb on it. All right. Did I knock him off? <laughs> this, is what, this is what I got. This is my two cents on that. I guarantee you, I promise you, there is no doubt in my mind, if Kyle Busch had the same opportunity and his crew chief had the same opportunity the whole sports world would have ran their damn mouth about Kyle Busch not being in that race. Argue that against me. I can't because you I can't. know what you're saying. You really can't. You really can't. And he's and Trix isn't the only one because I remember a, I think it was a short track super series race. I don't remember if it was last year or the year before, but um, there was a. There was a race where it was either Stuart Friesen or Matt Shepard. They were, like, top two. I'm not sure which one, but the driver was, like, top three in points or whatever. And they didn't qualify through the heat because something broke. And they couldn't get the car in time to make it up for the last chance qualifier. So they had a – they borrowed a car from somebody else, and they used their provisional instead of running the last chance qualifier. And it was Okay. Truex pretty much did the same deal. I mean, Truex was thinking about probably running it, but at the same time, he was thinking about not doing it because his crew chief Tash. said no. But his Tash. crew chief said the same thing. My whole thing with it, though, is, other than the Kyle Busch thing, it's a non-point race. Just run the car. Like, the, the, there was nothing on the line other than these fans, some of them have never been exposed to the sport, had an opportunity to come watch you race in a race that didn't right. even matter. And you chose not to run. And if it was a points race, maybe I'd have a little bit of mercy, even though people wouldn't have mercy on Kyle Busch if he did it either way. But I would have a little bit more mercy. But it's a non-point race. Like, it made no difference. Put the show if I was Johnny Norris. Exactly. If I was Johnny Norris, if I was Johnny Norris, I'd be pissed. I mean, the, the owner of Bass Pro Shops, uh, the, his car did not get the exposure that it should have gotten. Yeah, I mean, if people pay for money and everything else, and I mean, to me, that's like LeBron sitting out of the game because he didn't want to play, not because he's actually hurt. Well, you, you just sat out a race for no reason. Like, you're, you're it, 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 even less of a point because at least the LeBron game that he sits out, um, there, there's, you know, you're, you're looking at, you know, implications because of that game. There was no implications of this race. This was just an exhibition race, the, the same thing every year. Hell, half the time they draw numbers out of a beer can to determine the the, the starting lineup. So uh, it's a, a pointless race that there was no it's purpose. It's a vodka uh, bottle, just so you know. Do what? <laughs> it's a vodka bottle, just so you know. I could have sworn one of the years they 
it had the 12 ounce. It was a Bud Bottle. Bud. Yeah. That's in one of the years they did that. Um, I don't know if y'all talk about the track because I'm going to get off because I know you guys said 9 o'clock. I'm just helping do a science project. Um, I, I missed earlier if you guys talked about your overall thoughts of the race. Um, I, I think we all kind of the same senses. It was a great race. Um, I'm a short track guy, so I definitely enjoyed it. Like I told you guys in the group, uh, bucket list was Daytona 500, Saturday night at Bristol. Those, I know it's two different extreme ends of the of the, the whole spectrum, but those That's are the two point. of my two favorite tracks. Um, I just wish, one, I, I just thought it was a lot of money to build a track that you're going to turn around and, and tear it right back down and then the travel, but more so – I wish there was a way that they would be able to hold on to this track. I can only imagine what it would be like this being an elimination track in, in, the, uh, in the chase and the tippers and everything else that would come part of it. Like, I think you could, you could have a whole – what we saw with uh, Matt Kenseth and Joey Logano that year, I think that we could have that kind of heat in that track, if it be elimination uh, race during the chase, that I think that is where they could really, one, you would that that would be a packed house. There's no doubt, but also I, I think that you would have probably ratings off the hook if that was a, a elimination race during the chase. That's a good point. I, I do have a question. I, I do have a question, and, and CJ, I want your input on it. Um, Tony Stewart's comments after the interview with um, uh, Crybaby, I mean Joey Logano, um, about still being—he still wore his ankle bracelet. Did you catch that? No, I missed it because something glitched on my TV, and it went from there being—I think after the last caution or something—it was like twenty, thirty laps left. Next thing I know, I was in The Simpsons, and I was getting ready to uh, message you guys to figure out if Fox had screwed up, because I know there was coverage over the weekend that they went to something else. Then when I rewound it back, I realized somehow my TV, uh, YouTube TV, had sprung forward somehow. So I saw who won the race, so then I was already disappointed. I don't like Logano, so I didn't listen to the rest of it after that. I'm one of those I stay off social media. That's why... When we was in the messenger, I told you I didn't know who won. I didn't want to know because if I know who won the race, I'm probably not going to sit and watch it because so, um, yep. yeah, you, you done lose it's the whole forward. excitement of it. That's right. All right. No, I, did, I watched the whole race, and I, didn't, I did not hear or uh, – first of all, Tony Stewart was amazing. He was absolutely he was amazing. He, he, he needs if, – if Fox doesn't sign him for at least half the season – they're ridiculously dumb. Uh, but uh, I did not hear the comment on the successor of Tony Stewart, of course. There's always going to be a link between Joey Logano and Tony Stewart. Uh, Tony's been pretty civil about the whole thing for most of it. Because, I mean, Joey Logano didn't take Tony Stewart's ride, of course. But, you know, he did He did take over the 20 car when Tony uh, uh, left JGR. Uh, so... What did he say, Craig Moore, that uh, he had an ankle bracelet on? Yeah, let me go to the let me go to the uh, actual. Well, is is been, our guest in the studio? Except Bubba. Who is is this? Uh, did you send me That's a friend request? It's my new page. Yeah. Is our guest in the studio? 
No. Yes. Yes, he is. Let's bring him on. Uh, then let's go to our guests. We'll touch base on it. Um, we'll touch base on it after after our guest. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Andy Crane. Hey, guys. How we doing? We're well. How are you, Andy? I'm doing okay. Doing okay. We're ready to go racing, that's for sure. Well, it's good to hear it. Andy, welcome back to Race Chat Live again. Uh, for folks who don't may not know, uh, we are also live on Facebook while being on Blog Talk Radio. So, um, of course, listen along to either our Facebook Live for the next half hour, or if you want to listen to the radio link, um, the show link is underneath uh, my little camera showing. And click that link, you'll get to our radio link and listen to the rest of the show when we get off uh, Facebook Live with our interview with Andy. So, Andy, last year you were uh, part of the promotions team over at Bethel Motor Speedway. And then due to certain reasons, you and Bethel kind of went your own ways for a bit. Um and then you ran the Turkey Derby at Wall Stadium to finish off the season. Am I right? Yeah, that's that's kind of how it went. You know, uh, you know, 2021 was a great year. We started off really good, uh, driving for the Simacini Racing Team and the, the famed Four New York car. And you know, it, it, I had to wear so many hats. Um, you know, not just at the racetrack, but also you know, away at business too. So it became a lot. And you know, we kind of listen. A typical racing deal. We kind of wear thin with each other and uh, get on each other's nerves and, and stuff like that. And it was just, you know, I think best for everybody that, that I separated from the racetrack on the promotion side. And we weren't done wanting to race. And, uh, you know, Wall Stadium was a track that I think uh, Joe Simacini, my car owner, and I, you know, I've always wanted to go try uh, try the Wall Stadium uh, war by the shore there. And uh, it was cold. But uh, we had a good run for, for not really ever seeing the track before. And, and uh, it was a good way to finish uh, 2021. We were hoping for a top 10. We finished 11th. Um, but, man, what a, what a cool track. What a fast track. And uh, a lot of fun to race a dirt modified on, uh, on a high-banked, big, fast quarter mile like Wall is. Now, not only did you run a – Crate dirt modified car. You also ran street stock first, like races at Stafford, and I know you only ran certain. I know you had like a set part time schedule with that, but you only ran. I think like what was it like two or three races out of instead of running all that was originally scheduled. Yeah, we were going to run six, and I think I ended up running four out of the six. Um with uh, Gary Spinato and the Renner Race Car Program, uh, him and uh, Paul Vecchio does a great job in the late model division at Stafford. I love Stafford. Stafford's, you know, my favorite racetrack. And just to get the opportunity to go turn some laps there, it's, you know, it's, it's awesome. I, I, I jump at it. I've been with those guys for, oh, God, uh, eight, eight years of doing stuff with Gary and his guys. And uh, really, I've, 
I was doing stuff with those guys before even Gary owned the program. It was uh, Bob Sturck uh, who actually owned uh, the RAR program. Um, had a blast. Had a ton of fun. Um, we didn't get really any luck. Anytime it looked like we were having a good run, we'd cut a tire. We'd, uh, we had uh, an oil cooler break. We'd, we'd have all this stupid stuff happen to us. Um, and then we with the one race we were hoping for a lot of cautions and try to put something together. Uh, it went green to checkered, and we just burned the tires off. So not, not really a good finish for us that we had there, um, but always a blast to go to Stafford. Uh, the Root family does just an awesome job. Uh, at a place like that, even just, you know, for, for the lower levels, like the street stock division. And listen, the SK modifies, I think there, there's no tougher weekly division anywhere in the world uh, than what those guys do uh, in the SK modifies. And man, they got a, they got a full boat uh, again for 2022. And SRX is coming back. They have like six or seven open modified races. The spring sizzler is going to be probably one for the history books. It's the 50th anniversary uh, for the greatest race in the history of spring. And, you know, you just see the who's who of modified races uh, on the pavement side who are already uh, already entered and signed up for it. So uh, definitely a lot going out uh, in Stafford Springs, Connecticut. All right. Well, you, you Stafford, I, I went there for the SRX event last year, and, it was a wonderful hospitality, great venue, um, especially for our first uh, SRX race. And you mentioned the Spring Sizzler, which uh, last week on our show, if you didn't get to hear that, uh, Andy, we meant, I at least mentioned uh, Stafford because we were talking about SRX going over the schedule. We mentioned that Stafford literally hours before our show kicked off mentioned about having the Spring Sizzler be uh, winner of that race is going to be in an SRX car when SRX is there on 4th of July weekend. And I'm sure you have the Sizzler and the SRX dates already circled and booked on your calendar. <laughs> no, definitely. No, no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, Slinger Speedway did it last year, uh, the track out in Wisconsin. And, you know, Luke Farhouse uh, became a nationally known uh, late model driver, the young gun uh, from uh, Wisconsin, who, uh, you know, something like that could put somebody on the map. I mean, you know, the first ever race for XRS, uh, SRX, there we go, history, uh, Doug Kobe won. And Doug Kobe, you know, six-time uh, Wheeling Modified Tour champion who, you know, made a name for himself. He's already a name here in New England, but then the rest of the country got to know who Doug Kobe was. And he parlayed that into an opportunity to run a Camping World Truck Series race at Bristol uh, with the Mayhew Tools team. And awesome stuff that they're, you know, the Spring Sizzler itself, there's so much unknown with all the great drivers and and the new format. This is brand new that, uh, you know, they're going to have heat races on Saturday and then a 100-lap feature on Sunday, which is, uh, which is, you know, old school, back-to-the-roots modified type racing. Their, uh, their qualifying races, I want to say they're 20 or 25 laps, are going to be just uh, barn burners that guys are fighting for passing points and qualifying positions, and they're paying a ton of money for these races too. It's basically a couple features before the feature. And then, listen, for the winner, not only are you going to go down in the history books as the winner of the 50th annual, annual Spring Sizzler, 
but you're going to get a chance to go up against some of the greatest race car drivers ever in the world. You know, Ray Everham and Tony Stewart and that group, the drivers that they bring in to run this SRX deal, I mean, just look at the names that they had last year, you know, between NASCAR and IndyCar and Trans Am and, and, you know, the legends of the sport that somebody out of left field, a kid like Teddy Hodgkin out of Connecticut could somehow pull the upset and win the spring sizzler, which the kid is more than capable to do, and then get an opportunity to go up and race against, like, Elio Castroneves and Michael Waltrip and Bobby Labonte and those guys. Um, I mean, listen, to do that, hats off to the Roots. I think it's awesome, and it just makes, uh, makes the spring sizzler that more interesting to watch. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, before I try to get Chris and Craig to get some of their questions or thoughts, um, be sure if you see already on part of our screen over here on Facebook Live, you'll see where you can uh, get updates on Andy from, on Facebook through Crane Racing, and his Facebook link is right underneath his uh, Facebook page name as well. So, uh, Craig, Chris? You got anything for our guest here? Craig. <laughs> yeah, uh, so my my question is, uh, as I look through your page, Andy, I realize that uh, you, you're, you're definitely involved in all sorts of racing. Um, I looked at the Sportsman Modified. What is the big difference between that car? I was surprised that, you know, we were talking about Stafford. It's an asphalt track. Uh, but I, I thought that you were from the dirt roots. And the car kind of it resembles the same car that's run on the dirt side. It, it, does this car run both dirt and pavement? Sorry, we're just now getting a taste on here of what these Sportsman Modifieds are. So yeah, forgive no, me for not being up to par. It can definitely run. Uh, you know, it's more than capable. We got a great Higfab chassis that Jerry Higby put together for us. Um, and we could turn it over and race it on dirt. Just, you know, the Simacinis have been on the pavement side forever. Uh, you know, they're six decades into owning race cars. Um, and they did dirt racing for a while. I mean, uh, you know, Willie Ockmoody, who just, uh, you know, made a big deal with Floyd Mayweather to run uh, a Daytona with uh, TMT Racing. Willie's the, um, the team manager. He raced for the uh, Simacinis on dirt at Accord, Orange County, and places like that. Just, um, you know, I was never any good at dirt. I grew up around dirt-modified racing. I've loved dirt-modified racing. Brett Hearn has been my favorite driver uh, since, you know, I was in diapers. Um, I was just never any good at it. It was, you know, and it came down to, honestly, the go-kart track that I started racing at was a dirt track, and then this guy from Long Island got it, and he paved it. And since it was the closest track to us, that that's when I just started racing on pavement and uh that led me to racing out in uh in Connecticut and racing at tracks at like Stafford and Thompson and Waterford and you know running uh modifieds and street stocks and pro stocks uh on the pavement side and I just I've never had a lot of experience on dirt I think I have maybe half a dozen starts in a modified on dirt and all of it's been on pavement and Bethel is just one of the unique tracks that that allows dirt modifieds to race on pavement and it's i'll tell you what it's a blast it's it's a ton of fun the cars you know joel Mearns, the i you know and i dubbed him the rooftop shuffler great street stock driver uh out of new york and everybody knows joel if 
if you don't know him, you, you got to know him. He's one of the one of the great characters of uh, weekly short track racing. And you know, he came up with a great line for a street stock. It's taking a car that's not designed to do something and making it do something. So for a street stock, you take a street car that's not designed to be a race car and you make it be a race car. Well, for us, we take a dirt modified that's built to run on dirt, you know, weight percentages and and shocks and springs and all this other crazy stuff, and we do things to it to make it become a pavement car. And, you know, with the great help of Jerry Higby and uh, Rutt and the Fab Shop uh, helping us out with some stuff, we we made it become a, a pretty good pavement car. And, uh, you know, we've, we've won a handful of races out of Bethel with it. Yeah, I, I remember going down to Bethel uh, during the season opener last year, thanks to, well, originally it was just the girlfriend and I just planning, you know, just going down there, see what the track was like. And Andy's like, well, you're going to be our uh, VIP guest for the weekend. And I was like, which um, Andy, Andy, thanks again for that. That, that was awesome. Uh, much appreciated for that, and we, and when we left the track, uh, her and I did. We loved it, and we looked at each other. And was like, if we live closer to this track, we will come here on a some, not on a regular basis, on a somewhat regular basis. I mean, I'll give props to everyone at that track. It was family oriented. It was great. Um, they're really big in their community, especially in the biker side of it. Um, when it comes to off the track kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, Chris, you thought big blocks on big block modifieds or sports modifieds on dirt is, is a handful and great to watch. Seeing those cars on asphalt is, it, it opened up my eyes because I, it was awesome. I told Andy when everything was said and done, I was like, that's an eye opener. I I literally enjoy dirt sports and modifieds even more because I saw them do things wow. that they're not meant to do. So uh, let me let me move to this real quick because Stafford was a, you know we read about it in Big Bergeron's uh, magazine. We've seen clips of racing, but we don't know down south the true history that manifests within that speedway. Really, for the most part, the most that any of us have gotten to see was when SRX uh, went there last year. I have a feeling our buddy Andy Crane here can tell us a lot about the history of this speedway and what, what's made it such a cool little, I would say, bull ring. Well, Bethel Motor Speedway is, uh, you know, where I call home, and I guess we can uh, we can break some news. We've kind of kept it secret here for a little while of, you know, where we're going to race uh, for 2022. First, I'm, I'm thrilled that I'm going to be back in the four New York car again uh, for Simon Senior Racing. This will be my third year behind the wheel for those guys. Uh, you know, we lost a couple sponsors over over the winter, you know, with everything going on. Uh, you know, money's kind of tight for for sponsors for short track racing, but we have some great ones still, uh, still sticking on board with us. And some people might be surprised to hear this, uh, especially with everything that went on. Maybe some people aren't, but we're going to go back to the Bethel Motor Speedway uh, for all of the dirt modified races. I think there's eight or nine of them, which just fits our schedule really well. And you know, I, I give I give credit where credit is due. I think uh, 
you know, George Van Artsdale, the general manager, is listening to the drivers. Um, you know, I'll say it. Maybe I'll get in trouble for it. I think things got out of hand a little bit last year. Um, but they did a good job, I think, of listening to uh, to everybody in the off season and, and have a, a great uh, great 2022 schedule on board. So we'll be back there. I mean, uh, quick history of the Bethel Motor Speedway. It started out, honestly, as like a go-kart track um, that a driver, uh, some Northeast uh, dirt modified fans, dirt sportsman fans might know, uh, Jimmy Johnson, no, not the seven-time champion guy, but the other Jimmy Johnson, um, actually started racing go-karts there with his buddies. And then all of a sudden they started running uh, running uh, stock cars there. Kind of, you know, guys just showed up and raced, and it kind of snowballed from there to, you know, it's a it's a great little weekly short track quarter mile um, up in Sullivan County. It's a, it's a pavement track in the middle of all dirt tracks, but, uh, you know, make it work out there. It's had like 17 different name changes. Uh, I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I'm probably not too far off from that. Um, it's been called Sullivan County Speedway, Kanyana Speedway, Catskill Mountain Speedway. Um, what was it before? Uh, I'm getting them all mixed up. Um, and then, of course, Bethel Motor Speedway, uh, White Lake Speedway. Thank you. My wife, who's listening, did it, helping me out as always. Um, so it's had a bunch of different name changes. It's been the Bethel Motor Speedway, I think, for the last decade or so. Um, and it's a cool little quarter-mile, tiny little bullring um, that, you know, has, produces some great short track racing, you know, has the local hero flair to it. And people, you know, listen, come check it out. I know we're in the middle of dirt country where the track's located, but come give us a give us a try. You know, you can check out uh, everything on it that's going on at uh, BethelSpeedway.com. They got all their schedules and everything up uh, on their their website, Bethel Motor Speedway, on Facebook. And you know, the the biggest selling point I tell race fans for us is you go home and you don't have to really take a shower. You know, you go to these dirt tracks and you come home wearing a lot of it. You know, that's, you don't have to do that. And that's always been the thing I've always said about racing on pavement, too, is that I get Sunday off. You know, my team gets Sunday off where you you run a Saturday night dirt track. You're, you're spending the next five, six hours washing the race cars. So that's a cool thing yeah, about pavement exactly. racing. I, I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but come come give it a try. I think you'll like it. Hey, I mean, I was – I was always a big dirt person. I've, the only asphalt pavement racing I would ever really get into was NASCAR itself. And then at times I would give and take in certain series, depending on what it was. And then, like I said earlier, when I went down to uh, Ethel Motor Speedway last year, it completely opened up my eyes. I mean, you're, yeah, you'll see asphalt modified, you'll see legend cars, you'll see bandoleros, you know, cars are kind of meant to go around asphalt tracks. Um, obviously cars you see in pretty much around the globe. Um, well, mostly US but around the country. But you also see dirt uh dirt track racing classes like one the class that Andy runs, which is the dirt sportsman modified. Um, run around on an asphalt track that's not meant to do that. Uh, he mentioned earlier the street stocks. I mean, yes, street stocks can run on asphalt too, but the street stocks they run are more like dirt-type style 
uh, street stocks. And then they, of course, they have uh, pro stocks, uh, four cylinders. Um, now, quick question before you get into some of the Stafford history that you may uh, know, Andy, but Bethel, are they doing the sportsman class and the dirt modified class like last year, or did they get rid of one and just run everybody everybody together? Yeah, they're going to run everybody together this year, which uh, which I agree with. I think it's uh, it's a better idea. Like like I said, I think things got out of control a little bit rules wise, and and things were kind of going. So, you know, it, and just speaking for me, not speaking for anybody else, I think you know it needed to be tightened up. We made a decision that we were only going to run the NASCAR class and not run the the open dirt modified class, just because we felt it, it was better for us. Um, this year, you know. They tightened up the rule book. Uh, I agree with everything except with the weight. I think we, we need some more weight on the cars. But other than that, I think they did a really, really good job of tightening everything back up uh, to where, you know, now you can just combine combine both classes. Uh, I love the fact that it's kind of – it's a part-time class, but it's not really a part-time class. You, you know, we're still going to run, you know, eight, nine, ten races when the season's done to where, you know, you can have uh, quality over quantity which I always thought was, was a big thing, especially when, you know, dirt modifieds race everywhere in our area. And when, especially we're, you know, we're kind of the off brand or the niche kind of thing to try and get guys to come to the racetrack and try it. One, you got to make the rules conducive to where they can come try it, not have to totally change the race car over, but then also, you know, do it on a, on a basis to where, it's not going to mess up their weekly points at other tracks or it's going to kind of be on off weekend kind of things, which I think they did a really good job of that as well. So um, hoping to see a lot, a lot of more, a lot more cars come and race with us. Uh, like I said, it's different. It's, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but I've had guys, you know, show up that swore they were going to hate it and are still racing there with us today. So, um, you know, just got to come out and try once. All right. Uh, Chris, do you have anything else to add? Craig, do you want to chime in while we have Andy for another eight minutes? I'll, uh, I'll ask another question, uh, Taz. Uh, Andy, uh, so you, you're definitely a busy person. You sound like you do just as much promoting racing as you do uh, driving. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you juggle both of those. <laughs> Uh, it's it's tough uh, for sure. You know, it was tougher trying to promote at a track you're racing at. I mean, as much as I mean anybody thought it was going to work on paper, it was just you know not going to work uh, perception wise and and all that. But listen, I'm a race fan. I, I've been going to the races since I was three months old. I want good things for the sport, and you know, you see it, you know, everywhere. It doesn't matter what class, what track. You know, there there's the keyboard warriors that know everything but have never sat behind the wheel of a race car, uh, never turned a lap in competition. You know, we got to be positive of where our sport is going and how it's going everywhere. And I'm talking from NASCAR, you know, cup-level racing on down, which I think NASCAR did a great job with Clash this weekend. It showed short track racing, which, listen, that track that everybody saw on TV – is about the same size as what we race on every Saturday night at the Bethel Motor Speedway. Um, you know, getting people to come out and see our sport, 
getting uh, new eyeballs to come see our sport, you know, is an important thing. And, you know, even though I don't wear the hat officially as a promoter anymore, I think all drivers need to be promoters. We need to get more sponsors involved. We need to get more fans involved. Because that's the only way we're going to ever grow this sport or keep this sport going, um, especially on the grassroots level. I think we have so much more going for us now in motorsports with, you know, streaming and, and you know, even the Internet and, and social media and stuff like that, that we can get a bigger reach uh, more than what we've ever had nowadays than what we've, you know, we'll say 30 years ago. We'll say, I've always said, listen, 1997, I think, was like the golden era of dirt modified racing, of NASCAR racing, of IndyCar racing. I think we're getting back to that. Um, you know, we're getting new people involved. We're getting new people to see it. I mean, flow racing has been fantastic. I've watched weekly racing from tracks I've never heard of before. And now we're a big, you know, now I'm a big fan of, and you know, we, especially the drivers, we have to be positive because if we don't tracks are going to close. I mean, there are too many tracks that I can think of in my lifetime. And I'm only 38 years old that have closed and are never coming back. And if we keep doing that, eventually all the tracks are going to go away. If we keep bashing, you know, things, everything's going to go away and there's going to be no sport. So we, like I said, we kind of have to be promoters as drivers, as team owners, as crew members, as fans. Yeah. Listen, we're going to get, get the, the wrong side of the stick every now and then. I think I, I you know, again, personally, feel like uh, I'm, I'm living proof of that, what happened to us last year. But we still have to be positive about our sport, and that's the only way we're going to keep it around and keep it growing. And, you know, yeah, it can be a little extra work, you know, for, for me, especially for me because, um, you know, the, my day job is I coach college sports, which is, you know, busy, busy enough as it is, uh, but still have to have time to, to make some – you know, social media posts and promote the upcoming races and promote what we got going on, do great radio shows like your guys uh, and promote the sport and, and do, uh, do things like this. So I think it's important for everybody to kind of be that promoter. Andy Crane, do you mean to tell me that there's enough room in there to, to fit in college sports? Uh, what, what, what do you coach, Andy? Man, it, it's funny because uh, the racing side – know me as Andy Crane, the race car driver. The, the sports side know me as, you know, Coach Crane. And a lot of, you know, they, there's not a lot of inter- intermingling of people that even know about either one. So uh, I'm the head coach at uh, Mount St. Mary College in Newburgh, New York. I coach uh, men's and women's golf. Uh, I'm also part of the basketball operation. Um, I'm also a tennis coach because they, they needed somebody to, to step up and I coach the men's tennis team, and that's, that's my actual job. So, uh, you know, for Monday through, through Friday, um, I'm recruiting, I'm doing practices, I'm getting game stuff together and, and getting all that done, and then on Saturday I get to go play race car driver and, and part-time promoter. So um, I'm a PGA professional. I'm the only PGA professional that actually has a NASCAR license, um, which is, you know, my, I guess my only little claim to fame. Um, you know, I've been involved really, believe it or not, because of racing is how I got into the golf business. And I guess how I ended up where I am now, because I learned at a very, very young age, CEOs love to play golf. 
CEOs make decisions on sponsorships and money. So I taught myself how to play golf. I schmoozed a golf course to give me free golf to take these CEOs out. And CEOs, you invite them to go play golf. I haven't met one that said no to me yet. Uh, And I get four hours to (laughs) convince them why their name on my race car is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And uh, I ended up pulling off a lot of deals um, on the golf course, and it ended up turning into a career to where I'm kind of, listen, I'm, I'm the luckiest man in the world. First, I have a wonderful family. I love my wife, Brianna, who's rolling her eyes at me right now. Uh, I get to do both of my passions. I love coaching. It is the greatest thing for me in the world to do. Uh, and I'm so blessed to have the opportunities that I do and, and blessed for Mount St. Mary College for, for giving me all these opportunities. And I love racing. Man, I've loved racing since before I can remember, and I get to go race. You know, I, I always say that the pavement modifieds are my favorite cars, but we'll say the dirt modifieds are a close second that I've watched since I was a kid. And, uh, listen, I, I had a dream that I, I wanted to win one modified race. I didn't care what, where, or how, and Joe Sarnassini and his family gave me the opportunity to do that now uh, a couple times over. Uh, so I am I am absolutely, to steal a line from the Iron Horse, Lou Gehrig, the luckiest man on the face of the earth uh, with all I get to do. All righty. Well, Andy, before Absolutely. we let you go, and, before we let you go and get your uh, plugins for the 2022 season, uh, for those who are on Facebook live again, uh, when we go off air on Facebook, we'll still be live on uh, blog talk radio. Show link is down below. Uh, the, my little camera here. Um, if you want to check out updates for Andy, his Facebook page is over here. Uh, Crane Racing, his Facebook uh, link is right there underneath his page name. And uh, Andy, again, for coming on a race chat live again and chatting with us. It was a great time talking to you, and good to hear that you're racing at Bethel. I uh, want to do some sponsored plug out plugins before we let you go. Yeah, big shout-out to uh, ABC Designs and Crane Golf, both of those uh, my family owns. So that puts, puts a good chunk, uh, uh, that's a good chunk of the racing budget right there. But get great support from uh, Turtle Creek Golf Course in Platakill, New York. Uh, you know, Jen and Pete uh, stepping up to help us the last couple of years, and they're kind of stepping up as our major sponsor for 2022. And um, TLC uh, Logistic Moving has been with me the last couple of years. And uh, we had uh, Crane Industries in Philadelphia Water Ice, where uh, we were actually selling uh, selling Italian ice at races last year. We were, you know, we were so busy; uh, it's crazy. But that that helps the racing. Uh, always looking for more sponsors. Anybody out there? Um, hit me up on Facebook. More than happy to talk to you. I'll treat you to a round of golf if you want. Come on out. We'll tell you all about uh, how great uh, your name would be on our race car. And you know, just a, a huge, huge thank you to Joe Simacini. Uh, and his family and the crew that, that bust their butts, uh, you know, to let me drive around in circles in their race car. And it, it really is an honor to drive the four New York car. Like I said, uh, over six decades that they have owned uh, race cars that raced at, you know, every track here in the Northeast. You name it, they've raced and probably won at it. Uh, and just to be a, another name on the list of the guys that get to drive that four New York car uh, is really one of the greatest honors I'll ever have in my my racing career, and and uh, looking forward to 2022. Hopefully, everybody comes out to the racetrack and checks it out. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Andy Crane. I don't think it could have gotten any better than that. Uh, the only uh, the, the only driver that holds a NASCAR card and uh, a PGA golf touring card in the same wallet. That's amazing. And we had him here tonight on Race Chat Live. I tell you what, it's going to get interesting this year. We get quite the characters. Andy Crane, you're more than welcome to come back on this show anytime. We want to keep up and follow you some more. Uh, you're always intriguing. Uh, you have a lot to say when you come on. You know how to fill a time slot, and that's the type of guest <laughs> that we love to have on. Uh, thank you, Mr. Crane. Good luck on your race season. Good luck on your golf game. I need help with both, guys. Thank you so much. Let's do this again. Oh, I definitely right, thank, you. thank you, Andy. Ladies and gentlemen, I mean, it doesn't get no better than that. We will be concluding our Facebook Live uh, where we have to act on our best behavior, but you are more than welcome to follow us over to Back to the Blog Talk Radio Network where we get a little bit crazy at times. Not too crazy, though, just uh, just crazy enough. So uh, make sure that uh, we are moving on into our final segment along with our fan question uh, here tonight. We don't have any picks to make because it's not Daytona week. It is sad uh, that we're not getting the full week. I, you know, this has to do with the Super Bowl, right? Because we would we would normally have qualifying at Daytona on Sunday, which is something that we should all be excited for. But uh, I have not looked at the NASCAR schedule yet. I'm sorry, I, I have well, to do that. Thing I, I don't believe we're having qualifying on the day of the Super Bowl. Am I right or wrong, Taz? Well, uh, you are actually right because we actually have an off weekend of racing this weekend. Uh, being that Tuesday, February 15th, that's right, right after Valentine's Day, is when we pick things up at Daytona with the NASCAR Cup Series, uh, first and second practice. First practice kicks off at 5.05 p.m. Eastern, on uh, live on FS1 and MRN Radio. Second practice is at 6.35 p.m. Eastern on FS1 and MRN Radio. Then Wednesday, February 16th at 8.05 p.m. Eastern, we'll be qualifying single vehicle, one lap, two rounds. That'll be on Fox Sports 1. TV and MRN radio. Then Thursday's action, Thursday is action packed. Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, we have the Arkham Menard series practice. Uh, I have not seen anything for broadcasting wise, but I'm hoping full racing will pick that up. Um, and at 5 p.m. Eastern, the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series practice happens on Fox Sports 1 radio or not Fox Sports 1 Radio, Fox Sports 1 Television. Then at 7 p.m. Eastern, we'll be NASCAR Series uh, Blue Green Vacations Dual 1 on Fox Sports 1 and MRN Radio. And approximately around 8.45 p.m. Eastern, we'll be the Cup Series uh, Second Dual Race on Fox Sports 1 and MRN Radio. Friday, February 18th, at 1.30 p.m. Eastern, we'll be qualifying for the Arkham Menard Series. Then at 3 p.m. Eastern, it's the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series qualifying. Again, same as the Cup Series, single vehicle, single vehicle, one lap, two rounds. That'll be on Fox Sports 1. Then NASCAR Xfinity Series at 4.35 p.m. Eastern will have their practice. 
on Fox Sports 1. NASCAR Cup Series at 6 p.m. Eastern will have their third practice on Fox Sports 1 and MRN Radio. And the Campy World Truck Series kicks off their season at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Friday for the next Air Energy 250 on Fox Sports 1 and MRN Radio. Saturday, February 19th at 10.30 a.m. Eastern, final Cup Series practice. Um, It'll be on Fox Sports 2. Then it will move over to Fox Sports 1 at 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern. It'll also be on MRN Radio. NASCAR Xfinity Series, 11.35 a.m. Eastern, will have their qualifying. Again, single vehicle, one lap, two rounds on Fox Sports 1. Then the Arkham Menard Series at 1.30 p.m. Eastern will kick off their series at, again, 1.30 p.m. Eastern with the Lucas Oil 200 driven by General Tire on Fox Sports 1 and MRN Radio. Then NASCAR Xfinity Series at 5 p.m. Eastern will kick off their season with Beef, it's What's for Dinner, 300, on Fox Sports 1 and MRN Radio. And then, of course, the big day Sunday, February 20th, 2.30 p.m. Eastern, for the Daytona 500 on the main Fox Broadcasting Network and MRN Radio. Of course, we'll be going over this schedule next weekend just to keep everyone um, on the same page. Of course, our show next Tuesday which will be after uh, our first two practice sessions. So yeah. we could watch we could be watching practice and then giving you live feedback from that to kick things off the show next week. So practice is gonna be going on while we're on the air? No, no we'll um, get done no. it'll get done while we're right before we go on. Okay, great. Yeah, so there'll be it live, will yeah, be a sure day practice. What yeah. what is the the likelihood that some of these guys are going to wreck their cars. I mean, Daytona Speed Week normally means a lot of wreckage, and uh, we can't afford that right now. I do, you know, I think I, I kind of Martin the Sunday qualifying with the ARCA Series uh, race being like that, but it looks like everything's kind of consolidated, and we'll have like five fucking five freaking days of uh, sorry about that. Um, of racing. I get excited, man. I love racing. Damn. I mean, <laughs> let the truth be known. I said a wordy dirt. Uh, <laughs> whoopsie. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, like five days of awesomeness. I, I like that. Uh, uh, so it's going to be day practice. Guys, really, what's the likelihood that some of these – NASCAR made a rule that you can borrow a team's car. So is this when Joe Gibbs uh, racing really proves to the world that uh, uh, Bubba Wallace and Kurt Busch's teams are actually just extensions to JGR because uh, what happens if Bubba wrecks his shit two or three times? What do you mean what happens? You know it's going to happen. JGR is going to send out uh, Kyle Busch's second best ride. That's right. And watch that shit win the race. I, I mean, oh my Bubba's God. coming off of off of a speedway win, y'all. Uh, he, you know, he's hot. He's hot. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really think that that uh, there's going to be a lot of guys. We thought it was bad. Martin Truex Jr. sitting out for the last chance qualifier. I think we're going to have some quiet practices. I think there's going to be some cricket oh, going on uh, because these guys oh, are not going to get out there wreck, wreck their primary car. No. Well, you know, NASCAR, 
if if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, not that it happens very often, but NASCAR was supposed to have a whole slew of these cars ready to go for these teams this year, and I'm sure they're blaming it on COVID and the part shortage and whatever. Yeah, whatever else they can blame it on. But these guys are going to be running on limited numbers of of cars. So I think you're going to see I think you're going to see exactly what you just said, Chris. You're going to see a lot of guys taking it easy out on that track and not doing you know some crazy shit that they would normally do. I would think I mean normally these guys bring like what two or three cars because obviously you have the dual and I was just about to explain this for those who um, who may not know. The Cup Series, uh, Daytona 500, um, their lineup is set differently than what the Truck Series and the Xfinity Series is going to be. The Truck Series and Xfinity Series, essentially, they're disqualifying. And, of course, I believe the Truck Series is staying at 40, a 40 truck field for the entire season this year, instead of certain tracks having 40 and certain tracks having 32, however they did it um, last year or the year before. But, um, again, trucks and Xfinity, when they qualify, um, it's essentially top 40 out of however many show up. If they get more than 40, and you make it or you don't. The Cubs series, however, there's 36 charter teams. So all those guys, all those teams are going to be in the Daytona 500 regardless of whatever. The qualifying for the Cup Series, theirs, um, I believe that is, uh, that is on Wednesday. Essentially, whoever the top two, uh, top two qualifiers are, they're guaranteed front row. So the, to them, the duels don't matter for them at all. Is essentially a practice. Is pretty much what it is for them. And for the duels, however they finish is essentially where they start for the Daytona 500. Obviously, if you're not a front row starter and you win your duel, you're going to be starting third or fourth, depending on what duel you're in. And I know for the open teams, um, for qualifying, I think uh, the top two open teams are guaranteed into the Daytona 500 and then the um, other two open and then the top two open teams with the highest results from the duels uh, also fill in the final two spots for the Daytona 500. It's a confusing formula. I don't understand why. I just see it as qualify, set your front row, and then um, wherever you finish in your duels, that's where you start. If you don't make your... you don't make the 40-car field, regardless of your charter team or not. There's the door. See you later. And that's the way it should be. So, if you don't make it, you don't make it. I'm looking at an unofficial entry list of 42 cars uh, for the Cup Series. So there is a possibility of some go-or-go-homers. Uh, specifically, I see the 55 that is a uh, um, Carl Long car. Um, 
course, the 50 cars is uh, Kaz Grala. That's the Mayweather machine. Uh, I don't think Timmy the starter, no, he'll be fighting to get his way in there. I don't think that's a starter yeah, Timmy, team. I'll, I'll definitely check that out. No, that's the ones I'm going sure over. That's, that's the ones team. I'm going over. The non-charter teams is the ones I'm going over, Taz. Okay. Greg Bissell in the 44. Jacques Villeneuve will be in the 27 team. Uh, J.J. Yaley will be in the Carl Long machine. Noah Gradson is in the Beard Oil, number 62. He has signed up for all four races uh, at the Super Speedway. And Timmy Hill, he will be uh, in a second Carl Long uh, machine with the Bumper.com as his sponsor. So the Kaz Grala car is a an extension of Fury Motorsports. I don't know if you guys caught Tony Erie Jr.'s uh, interview with Claire B. Lang uh, last week, but uh, it was definitely an interesting interview. Um, several people believe that that this is not actually a Mayweather team, kind of a team that was put together with Mayweather's name stamped on it. Uh, so, you know, it's definitely not in the same league now, as what, you know, Michael Jordan's team, the 2311 uh, race team is, being that they are they have both feet in. This is kind of a one-foot-in type deal. Uh, Mayweather has said over the last several years that he wanted a chance to get into racing, and this is uh, this is his, his you know, time to shine. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Kaz Grala is a hell of a driver. Uh, Tony Erie Jr. knows how to set up a speedway car. So, uh, Money Mayweather, who knows, man, if he can find the speed and uh, uh, send one of these other guys home, uh, it'll be interesting to see how well Castrala does in uh, that Money Mayweather uh, machine. Now, um, two, things I want, two things I want to point out when you went through the entry list. The Greg Biffle 44 uh, NY Racing car that has not been announced. Um, there's been a lot of talks behind the scenes, a lot of rumors going around. Nothing's been officially announced. But yes, NY Racing and Greg Biffle have, I guess, rumored and it's been getting heavy talk that they're working together to get an entry into the Daytona 500. Um, and then the 27 car, um, Jacques Villeneuve, Team Hezeberg. Um, they're new to the Cup Series this year. They're only driving, uh, they're only racing in select races this year. Um, but I believe it's Villeneuve. I might be wrong on that one, but I know that one of the owners used to be a big F1, a uh, Formula One driver, and they're putting their feet into NASCAR this year. Yes, this is a basically a Dutch-owned race team. Uh, Taz Taylor, uh, there is ties to Formula One uh, by one of the owners. It's a Dutch businessman and a former Dutch racer uh, that have put together their money to hire a French driver, a French-Canadian driver. How about that? Um, but uh, Villeneuve is no no stranger to NASCAR. It's just been a while since we've seen him. Uh, but these guys, you know, they're, they're open-minded. They do not have a charter as well. Uh, there's talk that maybe they'll run a part-time schedule. Uh, we'll see I'm excited, man. Like that's what they said this new car was going to bring. The new car was going to bring in uh, people to the sport that uh, weren't previously able to be a part of. What we've seen with Rick Ware, we have not even talked about Rick Ware racing tonight. 
and getting a win in the last chance qualifier. Cody Ware almost making it into the uh, feature race as well. Uh, this uh, this deal that they have with uh, Stuart Haas Racing, man, it's looking good for them right now. Uh, kudos to Rick Ware for not being the backstop or the back burner or the butt of fucking jokes. I'd let that word slip again. Jeez. Uh, butt of the joke uh, with some of these, uh, you, know, you know, nobody had nothing bad to say about Rick Ware racing uh, at the end of uh, the competition. Um, Craig, we'll have to get you hooked into there. I, I, I don't know if I can remember my Facebook password, especially in the middle of a show. Um, so uh, we'll try to get you uh, hooked into there uh, as quickly as possible, but it probably won't be while we're still on the air. Um, <laughs> we are running out of time. Of course, my phone shuts off at the two-hour mark. I've got about six minutes before my phone shuts off. We do have a fan question and uh, some toasted tweets. So if we can move right along real quick to the fan question uh, by Miss Rebecca Sears. Uh, she... Uh, gave us a question this week she said on rcl you talked a little about parts for these cars and motors well it got me thinking these motors are under a lot of strain i would think and probably not cheap to fix when something breaks what's the life expectancy of these motors are they good for two hundred thousand miles like i hope my gps or are they one race and done that's a great question these races are sealed motors they are required to race at least two races before they are rebuilt. Uh, now, what uh, back in the day, um, they were similar to what you would see at uh, the drag strip. After you'd run it, you'd tear it down, rebuild it, and uh, send her back out there. But NASCAR said, you know what? We're going to try to control costs here. Uh, we're going to make these races, make these uh, motors uh, accountable for more than just one race in a season. So now drivers get to race their motors twice. Uh, before they are sent back and refurbished. So uh, unlike drag cars where you basically run down the strip and then you rebuild it in about 15 minutes, um, these cars can be rebuilt. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember back about probably about 12, 13 years ago when Carl Edwards was with uh, Roush racing at the time. He broke a valve spring or something to that effect in the middle of the race. And uh, Roush did what uh, Roush does. He went in back there, and they completely rebuilt that motor. And Carl Edwards, I think, was in a tight championship race battle, uh, went out and actually finished the race with a rebuilt motor that was rebuilt during the race. So, uh, uh, you know, these motors have a lot of strain under them. We've seen some breaks uh, at the uh, at the clash. I'm not. I'm not too worried about it. Uh, it's going to be a 670 power for most of these race car, race tracks. Um, so uh, there will be limited horsepower at, uh, I believe, Atlanta and the Super Speedways, Talladega and Daytona. Um, so we will see a different race package with them. But uh, to answer the question, Miss Rebecca, yes, uh, no, they won't. They, these engines are not good for 200,000 miles. Um, Typically, a crate race in USA, well, a crate motor uh, it, it, uh, um, that you race in your dirt car can be, uh, it can be ran up to 36 to, you know, 60 races uh, without being refurbished. These crate motors have a lot of durability in them. Now, I've known guys to put in a crate motor, go out there and blow it up uh, before in hot lap, uh, brand new crate motor. 
But when they come out of the plant in Mexico, I, every motor is different. There's no motor that's exactly the same. No motor will dyno exactly the same. Some people call me an idiot and say, I'm not, I don't work in race shops. I don't know all this. I do know that you take a $4,000 motor and make it a $10,000 motor by adding certain parts to it, and uh, those parts are legal. Um, so um, you try to get the most horsepower out of your car. Uh, that's what these guys do, but they are limited on what they can do with that motor, um, and NASCAR makes sure that they keep the iron fist in place to keep, uh, to keep things from going outside that box. Uh, we thank you, Miss Rebecca, for your fan question, and we look forward to our question for next week as well uh, and hope that we answered that uh, as good as we could. Um, toasted tweets, my gosh. Uh, let's check it out real quick because I know, I know my phone is going to go out in any second. Um, I had some toasted tweets pulled up already. Okay, so Jeff Gluck. Here's a toasted tweet. Ice Cube, owning this crowd in the middle of a damn NASCAR race. Amazing. If you stick around long enough, you'll see some crazy-ass shit in this life. Jeff Gluck, I'm so glad that you have a dirty mouth like me. Uh, Kitty Wallace, respectfully, many people were wrong. The NASCAR race at the L.A. Coliseum is not a shit show. What a great show it is. Thank you, Kitty Wallace. Uh, for saying that. Jerry uh, oh, Jordan, I love Kenny. The door from the press conference room, LA drivers, Austin Dillon, and Kyle Busch high-five Ben Kennedy and Steve O'Donnell for the success of the NASCAR Bushlight Clash. I found that to be a good tweet. Here's one. Joe Logano wins the clash at LA Coliseum in surprisingly an incident light event. He becomes a specialty race specialist winning last year's dirt race at Bristol and today's 150 lapper atop the home field of the U.S. Trojans football team. Stat of the day, stat of the day. Um, here's what Kyle Bush said, uh, toasted tweet. After what we saw today, we know Fontana is getting cut up. Kyle Bush, on if they should continue transforming Auto Club Speedway into a short track. Nick Brutenberg, necessary to view the clash as a fun NASCAR experiment that went off without a hitch without immediately viewing it as a sentimental moment for the sanctioning body could it be one maybe there are a lot of factors that need to go right if so but it's way too early to say i say nick uh, you are exactly right it is a success and there will be a lot to grow from uh with this as well um so the one more toasted tweet so now it's from william thompson so now looks like nascar's new car is a piece of junk they attempt to copy a Chevy Corvette drivetrain and have two failures. They put rack and pinion steering in and must worry about drive belts breaking. Boy, looks like NASCAR put the wrong kind of car on the bull ring track, and that transaxle breaking issue. Hate to see these five speeds get the abuse of a circuit-type race. So that, that that's your typical 50-something-year-old race fan. Uh, nothing screams NASCAR like Pitbull and Ice Cube. I told them to uh, shut the hell up. Uh, but uh, that's the toasted tweets. Uh, Jennifer, Fryer, how about this toasted tweet? So the 51 appears to be improved in 2022. <laughs> oh, boy. Toasted tweets. Uh, let's see. First comes from Sethapel Racing, replying to a Jeff Gluck tweet saying, Racing, awesome. NASCAR on Fox, terrible. 
Hashtag Bushlight Clash. Hashtag NASCAR. Uh, at Caleb underscore Matthew 21, I replied to Jeff Gluck, Racing is awesome. Fox's camera angles suck. And then, let's see. At Shen Photo says, When Kyle Larson took out Justin Haley at the hashtag Bushlight Clash, hashtag NASCAR, and has a photo of a SpongeBob episode of when Gary was snail racing and grinds up against the guardrail. Um, at Pro Bowl 43, like many all-star races, Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Please hold and you'll be able to listen to the show. Okay. Not sure where the echo came from. At Pro Bowl 43, like many Austin races, the LCQ races were the best part of the day with a mild main event. Kind of sucked the air out of the whole thing by the end. Some overrated it, some hated it. I placed it somewhere in the middle. After all, it's for fun. It's some was had. Hashtag Bushlight Clash. Three big stories at LA Coliseum. This is coming from at Tucker White 94. NASCAR re energizes the clash with unparalleled atmosphere. Ideas for the clash and all stars going forward. NASCAR on Fox continues its decline in quality. And that's my toasted tweets. We are still on the air. Oh, well, nobody, I didn't know what happened. I went through my posted tweets. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. I had not unmuted uh, from my, I had to recall into the show here, so I had not unmuted myself. Great toasted tweets. We're such an awesome segment uh, to have and how to conclude the night. Uh, once again, we want to give thanks to Miss Rebecca Sears. Uh, for giving us a great question. Um, we can't wait to get that question in. Of course, our toasted tweets are found on Twitter. For the most part, sometimes they're found in group chats as well. But uh, uh, we can't wait uh, for our show next week, uh, Race Chat Live on Tuesday night. Enjoying this new uh, yeah. uh, this new night in the week. Yeah. We, we do fun. have... Next week, we do have a guest. Um, Craig knows the guy. We have somebody from Hendry County Motorsports Park. And as we did with Andy uh, earlier tonight, they're in our guest FR. And for all of our guests for 2022 this year in Race Chat Live, 
Um, we will be live with them not only on Blog Talk Radio, but on Facebook as well. Um, create exposure. And as you saw with our Facebook Lives, you'll see links to uh, that show's broadcast for that night. So if you want to listen to the whole two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour show, however long it is, click that link. Or get, make sure you get that link and put it right in. Listen to us again. And also, um, for the guests, we'll try to make sure we get all their social media plugins, too, in case you want to follow them, of uh, all of their racing updates and anything you want to get to know. Yep. Uh, but uh, it looks like that will conclude our show on uh, this Tuesday night. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, Taz, what's great about the Tuesday night is I, we've got enough time now to get information processed. We, we get to hear Monday morning quarterbacks. We get to hear from all the shows. We get their feedback, and now we get to, we get to bring that to the table. I think it's made it a lot easier uh, for this content creation on, on, on Tuesday night. I know there's several things that we just didn't get crammed in in two hours, man. And two hours of talking, that's a lot of talking. Uh, so uh, we do want to thank our guest, Andy Crane, for being on here tonight. Can't wait to have our guest on next week, of course. Same bat time, same bat place. We'll be here. Uh, Taz Taylor, if you want to send us off, man. Sure thing. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Race Chat Live here on Blog Talk Radio. And don't forget, um, check us out on Facebook at Race Chat Live. Uh, like the page, share the page with everyone. If you have guests, send them our way. We'll try to get them booked. Uh, we do have a few coming up next uh, next week. Again, Hendry County Motor Sport, uh, Hendry County Speedway. Um, and then after, then two weeks after them, uh, we'll have Brandon Clapperton come on from uh, in Central New York, uh, promoter of two racetracks in, in a series, pretty much. And then in April, we have Luke Rakowski coming back on. Um, we're still trying to get more guests to come into the show. But, uh, again, we'll be on Facebook for our guests this year to try to give them more exposure and also give us more exposure. And uh, everyone have a good night. We'll see you next Tuesday. Same bat time, same bat place. And this has been the Caution Flag of Racing Radio. Chris Green, the DJ Music Man, Craig Moore. I'm the Tasmanian Devil of Flaggers, Taz Taylor, saying good night. And we'll see you at the races. Just a good old boy, never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw, been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Straightening the curve, planting the hill. Someday the mountain might get them, but the law never will. Making their way. That's just a little bit more than the normal life. Just a good old boy. Wouldn't change if they could. Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood. Woo!